This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. A happy new year. Well, near to a happy new year anyway. Today's date is the 27th of December, so I might as well wish everybody a happy new year now. And I hope Christmas was a good one. And I've got a chat for you featuring a fella from Finland. His name, Henrik Klingenberg, and he is the keyboard player in the mighty Sonata Arctica. These guys have been going for decades at this point. They were a power metal band and they became more of a traditional metal band with, as you're about to hear, some acoustic accompaniment. The catalyst for the conversation with Henrik is due to the new album from the group, which will be released via Atomic Fire on the 21st of January 2022, and it is titled Acoustic Adventures Volume 1. You can pre-order it now over at the group's website. The tune that I have chosen for you, what is it called? The Rest of the Sun Belongs to Me, and as I said, it is taken from the album Acoustic Adventures Volume 1 from a Sonata Arctica, and once that's done, you'll hear from Henrik. Let's go.
right, we'll, we'll kick things off in terms of the chat about the album. So um, I, I do All have right. a copy of Acoustic Adventures Volume 1. Right. So it, it wasn't a surprise to see that you guys went down this direction because you've always been very vast and operatic in your approach to heavy metal. And uh, um, Yeah. Yeah, you know, so it's, it's it's acoustic, but it's melodramatic. So in that way, it still sounds like an, a, a Sonata Arctica album, if you know what yeah. I'm saying. It's still got the same yeah. vibe. Um, I hope so. Yeah, well, look, look as a musician myself, I, I could, look, I can only imagine the the many hours that you as a band must have spent choosing and arguing over and then perfecting the songs on the album. But was it as dramatic as I've just imagined or was it easier than I've suggested? Uh, well, yes and no. Uh, the thing was, um, uh, we did a tour in 2019, and that was uh, uh, we did put in a lot of work into the arrangements of a bunch of the songs already. Then, uh, so then now when we started to work on the album, we had uh, that experience of touring with the songs, uh, and we had a bunch of the songs already that we had good arrangements for. So it was a good starting point. And then after that, the, the, to work out the new ones, uh, that was the, the struggle. And uh, yeah, it took some time. And and I think especially our producer, Mikko Tegelman, who is also a front of house guy, mm-hmm. he had a tremendous impact on, on the arrangements because uh, we decided to record uh, the music live and without the click track. So oh, wow. that made it re- really essential that he would be there listening. You know, and 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 saying, you know, if, if we're speeding up or slowing down, or or if something doesn't work, because uh, we had to be very very focused on just getting our parts right. And so, uh, and and especially on the keyboard guitar front, it's hmm. really easy to put too much stuff or or to play overlapping stuff and and, and not complement each other. So so uh, it, it was. I mean, we did uh, pay a lot of attention to details, both. Uh, you know, rehearsing for for the studio and also in the studio as well. How did your drummer go though? Not playing to a click track, though. I mean, it's I know you got a good drummer, but that's that's a hell of an accomplishment. Yeah, it is. And 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 then of course a lot of the songs have parts without drums, so that means that um, because for for example when we play electrically, uh, we use click tracks, and sometimes we have a backing tracks uh, live also with orchestral stuff and and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's it's very easy to stay on time because if there is a part where there's no drums, then you hear a click in your ear. But but this time, everybody else also had to be very alert with the timing because you got like songs starting, for example, with the guitar before the band comes in, stuff like that, and and then our guitar player had to play in the right tempo from from the start without you know any help, so so to speak. So. Yeah, I think it was the easiest for Tommy because he has a good sense of time and he, he can keep time very well. But for the rest of us, it was a pain in the ass. I bet. Yeah, look, as I say, I'm a muso and <laughs> I think I'd do a pretty good job at keeping time, but it's really about locking in with everybody else and wondering if they're going to bloody keep time because, as you know, being a muso, sometimes you've got to slow down and speed things up because of the way other musicians around you are playing. So it's probably just a product of the fact that you guys have been playing together now for... I know you've been in the band 20 years, so, I mean, the band's been here around for about 25 or 30 years, I think, from memory, but it's just yeah. decades, decades worth of you guys just understanding how each other's plays allows you to do that. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it would have been impossible to, to make this kind of album with just uh, 
you know, getting a bunch of musicians, no matter how accomplished or good good uh, musicians there are. Uh, so I think it's very, like you said, I think it's very essential that we have played together for many, many years. And, mm. and, and we know exactly where everybody is <clears throat> when we play together. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, so yeah, that, yeah. yeah, that was, uh, that was really something that, uh, yeah, that, that helped, but well, it still was, was a bit tricky, but, but, but yeah. You got through it. You got through it very easily. From the, I mean, you want to say easily, that sounds great, but did you, did you have any arguments over, over which songs to choose to play? Uh, not as much as you might think, but, but yeah, there were some, you know, when somebody wanted to do a certain version and the rest of the guys were going like, no, that's not going to work. And, um, but I think, uh, as far as arguing going, having been together as a band for so long and, and we have traveled around the world so many times and done all these albums and stuff, uh, we're getting a little bit too old to argue about things, you yeah. know, or at least too lazy. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's when you have five guys that, that think they are very good at what they do, uh, that also means that there are some egos involved when you start to, to work on music and yeah. and there are o- occasional clashes but but we have been getting a lot better and, and I think we are quite good at keeping the peace and mm, presenting our review of things in a way that, uh, that that we can actually talk about stuff instead of yelling at each other you know so yeah mm, I don't think it was serious arguments it was just you know talk and 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 maybe disagreeing or something, but but at the end, you know, you come to some conclusion and, and move forward. But but uh, yeah, we haven't really had any big arguments regarding the music for for years. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, well, you don't survive if you do. You know, people get resentful and somebody leaves, and then it sort of becomes a it just becomes very difficult as it does with some bands. There's no doubt that I've spoken to many bands where that been the case, but. Probably your laid-back yeah. Finnish manner, and, and I've spoken to a number of people from Finland over the last 12 months or so since COVID, and I was joking with, I don't know whether you, 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 you know, you may know Kimo Kusnimi, but you might not as well, because Finland's still a big place with a lot of people in it from sarcophagus, but yeah. Kimo was telling me yeah. that um, the big joke in Finland was with COVID distancing, you know, it was like you've got to keep 1.5 metres away from each other. Yeah. Like, Finns were going to be glad that they could go back to keeping eight meters away from each other or something like that <laughs> yeah, after COVID. Yeah, yeah. Is that do you, do yeah. you get that joke? Does that resonate? <laughs> yes, that does resonate. I've heard that joke as well, and it's uh, well, it's funny because it's true. So, so it's uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it helps being Finnish, uh, but of course, I mean, when we were younger. Um, when you go on the ro- uh, road and, and some people want to stay up up all night and some people want to sleep and, and those are the kind of things that uh, have created arguments in the past for us you know uh, but but as, yeah, as far as music no, not really nothing to worry about hmm. Who, Who's the biggest rager in the band these days? <laughs> I don't know if anybody is anymore <laughs> uh, uh, it, it used to be uh Mm, it used to be me and then uh, our previous guitar player and bass player Yanni and Marco at one point and then Elias when he came along the, the uh, new guy who has been in the band now for over 10 years mm-hmm. uh, almost 15 I think uh, so with him there was some wild stuff going on at some point but, but these last years 
well, of course, now we haven't been touring for a couple of years, but, but still, uh, uh, everybody's getting uh, getting calmer. So, so it's uh, yeah, it's more about just you know hanging out, having a few beers and a few laughs, and not you know you don't have to destroy every city you you come to or or raise hell or or you know uh, yeah. you blast the stereos in, uh, until seven in the morning, you know stuff like that. It's, it's oh god, uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh God, if we're, we're yeah. happy to survive and move on. R- raging for you guys these days must be going back to the hotel room on tour with a glass of red and a good book. I suppose is that raging? <laughs> oh yeah, something something like that. Yeah. I mean, we still we still like to drink, but but it's it's you know I think it's different if you if you have a, a couple of glasses of, of red wine or a, you know a few beers or something as opposed yeah. to having all the beers and all the red wine. <laughs> Well, you got the memories at the very least, you know. I mean, that's the main thing. Oh, yeah. At least you could lead that well, life for a period of time. Well, I mean, at least the things that you do remember. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, the last metal album from the group um, was called Winter Night or Talvio. Hopefully, I've pronounced yeah. that correctly there. And it was uh, it wasn't too long ago; it was only a couple 2019. So, ha- have you got another metal album in the works, or um, or are you just focus on the acoustic stuff for the time being? Uh. Well, actually, I mean, um, we were like just um, starting the touring with with Talviv. Uh, we just did North America, Europe, and then the Finnish tour, and then all this uh, shit happened. Hmm. So, um, I, I don't think we're going to continue touring without the album because you know time has passed. But uh, at the moment, we are looking at uh, we, we're celebrating twenty fifth, uh, the twenty fifth anniversary of the band. So we're playing a sort of best of uh, set list and in like next year is all for the most part just uh, booked gigs that have been moved forward and yeah and so we're just trying to catch up with work that we haven't been able to do um, in the fall there's going to be the volume two of the acoustic adventures and we have now uh, I think about 50 shows with that uh, thing in, in Finland first and then in Europe and yeah. then after that so mm, 2023 is the plan to go uh, into the studio and start working on the, on the next metal album but I mean you, you tend to get uh, this is like like the music business is very um, uh, like you never you never know what's going to happen and especially now with this uh, COVID stuff going on you know even less so at least for me personally when, when people ask about the plans I, I get more and more skeptical you know I say like this is the plan for now because it could, might change the next week you know so uh, provided that we get to play at least some of the shows that we are planned to do then then you know about a year from now we should be able to enter the studio and make the next album but who knows yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, what do, do you do? Nuclear Blast have much of a say over that sort of thing, or do you just tell them what you're doing? Mm, uh, they, of course, tell tell us their opinion. Uh, but um, we have been working with Marcus Steiger, the the boss of Nuclear Blast, who's now started a new label, uh, Atomic Fire, and That's which right, we are yeah. on. Yeah. yeah, we've been working with him since uh, Reckoning Night in 2004, and um, he really loves the band and he understands that we need peace to work on our music and so so we don't have to send out demos or pretty much ask for opinions and stuff like that we make the album and then they sell it and of course they, they let us know and then some 
stuff they like more and some less. And and but, but it's it's really they don't really interfere in in any negative way at least. And and also with this acoustic stuff, we said that we really would like to do something like this, and they said, okay, sure, go ahead, do it. Yeah. So so there's a mutual trust, and I, I think it's it's really important for artists to have a you know to to get peace uh, when you work and not be harassed all the time you know i think that the end result is better when we can work and, and be at our best instead of trying to please somebody or having somebody checking up on you all the time yeah i don't know how it could work i yeah. know it goes on but it's more of a like it's more of a management thing i think isn't it these days than a record label thing where they pressure bands to go in certain directions to get on certain tours and all that stuff but you guys have been around for so long now that if anybody screwed with you that way they'd be an idiot uh, well i hope so but <laughs> well yeah. i mean the thing is if, if we wanted to to play it safe we would never have started to stray from the power metal sound that we had in the beginning and um uh, uh, because I, I remember that vividly, I joined the band uh, just before our third album, Winter Heart Skill. I wasn't on the album, but I was for the yeah. tour. Yeah. Uh, then we did Reckoning Night, and, and after the Reckoning Night World Tour, it was about two years, uh, we were supposed to start working on Onia, our fifth album. And then just Tony just said, like, I can't do this power metal stuff anymore. And everybody was like, uh, yeah, so what are you saying? And said, so, like, I have to do something different because otherwise we're doing one or two albums and then I'm done. And and so we told him, like, well, what do you have? And, and he had all this progressive stuff. So we started playing that. And, uh, yeah, it's, that, that's the trouble with being around for a long time because if you change too much, people don't like it. If you don't change, people don't like it that uh -huh. way either. So that's, that's the dilemma. So... We just went with it, and and so far we've been lucky to be around and be alive still. But but yeah, we we've never been uh, about playing it safe. I think I think you, it's important just to to try to make good music, and and of course we want to sound like some Antarctica, but the definition seems to be changing all the time. I think I think fans expect bands to have one significant career change, like you know what um, your fellow Finns in um, Amorphous did. Um, yeah. And then you've got um, what Opeth did as well. Most fans understand yeah. that bands have got to evolve. It's when you have two or three significant yeah. changes, and then there's like a like yeah. what happened with Morbid Angel, like complete right turns, yeah. and fans just go, "We don't want this," you know. But that's that's yeah. I'm glad fans sort of stuck with you. I mean, but but that's what I'm saying. Like this this acoustic album, it still sounds like you guys. Like I can still tell it's you guys. But yeah, that's that's something we all also really wanted to make sure that it's not, you know, because because the instrumentation is different and, and the print, uh, presentation of the songs is, is quite different from from the originals. So, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm, I'm I'm glad that uh, that it at some level at least shines through that hey, this is still the same band. But mm. uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, mate, I've got one more question for you. Um, I hope you can answer it because I was reading the band website and on your bio yeah. it states that. There's a question there. It asks you what your best tour experience off stage was, and your response was that you can't tell anybody about it because it's too personal. But it was awesome. So, so can you share with me and my podcast listeners what what your best tour experience off stage was? Uh, that, that's probably you know I've been feeling a bit smart smart assy about it than just <laughs> writing something cryptic, you know. But I, I think um, uh, off stage. There has been, you know, um, during the years, there has been so many great uh, things. Uh, I mean, one thing is that we have been able to see stuff that you wouldn't have been able to see 
otherwise, or or at least not all, all of it. Uh, uh, for example, uh, you know, like going to the states and um, you know seeing Graceland and yeah. uh, and things like that, and you know uh, having an off day in New York, uh, coming over to Australia, having off days there, seeing Sydney, hard, like the harbor thing, and yeah. going out with speed boys and boats and getting sunburned and all that stuff. So <laughs> I think those are the greatest experience when you go to someplace new and you see something you haven't seen before. Right? So it's like pretty much typical tourist stuff. It's just uh, that you get to do them like while working, which is uh, a really nice thing. And and then of course, yeah, yeah so it's I, I think that the whole travel thing that you, you are able to go somewhere you've never been before and people show up for the shows I think that's that's the most amazing part of, of having this job you know like you go go to a place you haven't heard of before you saw it on the tour uh, schedule and you go there and a bunch of people show up and go like yeah we love your band and you go like how can you know about us you know we're from the other side of the mm-hmm. world so it's uh, I think that still amazes me to this day that uh, that you know you can find a Sonata fan pretty much anywhere yeah, I suppose when you're in your 20s and you're from Finland, it must be very surreal to see a bunch of people from Sydney or Brisbane in Australia in an audience who know your music and you've never even, you're thinking, how do you, how did everybody know you? But I, I mean, it, it sort of yeah. probably feels normal now, but initially, yeah, I imagine it was quite the shock. Yeah, it was and a, a positive shock, but still, I mean, you, you go like, wow, this is amazing. And <laughs> I mean, it still is. I mean, I think uh, the, the older you get, I think that, the more you appreciate it because when you're in your 20s you're just going like yeah of course they know us because we're great and this is awesome and you know and and then like now when we are in our 40s we understand that this is not a, a you know a given that that people would follow the band and come to the shows and you know you don't take it for granted anymore Hmm. I mean, I don't know if I took it at, uh, as a 20-year-old, but but you, you're definitely more cocky <laughs> when you're a kid, and hmm. and your attitude is is a bit different. And now, now I would say that that the main feeling I have when when we get out and and play and and can make albums and and things like that, that I'm really really grateful to be able to do this. Hmm. Awesome. And do, do it for a living, yeah. Yeah, no, that's killer, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, long may you continue to do it, and I hope to see you guys down here sometime soon, as soon as these bloody restrictions are over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we only been there once, so hmm. it's about time. That was ten years ago or something like that, and it was really awesome. So, so I, I would really like to, to come back. Yeah, lots to catch up on. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we've changed yeah, exactly. too much. So, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> us either. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank, thank, thanks very much for the chat, mate. I appreciate it. You know, good luck with everything. Congratulations on an epic career so far, and uh, I'll let you get back to the kids there. But thanks very much for the chat again. Well, thank you very much. No worries. Take care. Thanks, brother. You too. Cheers. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, my conversation with Henrik Klingenberg from the outfit Sonata Arctica. He's the group's keyboard player. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast series. Thanks so much for tuning in. I've got some big news. I've already mentioned it a few times, but I'll mention it again here on the outro to this episode. My book will soon be launched, hopefully February 2022. It will at least be released digitally by then. I'll have physical copies soon after. Do go across to scarsandguitars.com for more information. You can hit me up on socials as well. 
I'm just trying to work out the best way of distributing it because I'm having to do it all myself. I'm not bothering pitching it to publishers because I just couldn't be bothered to be honest with you. And I think as a first effort, it's not bad and I'd rather control distribution and the way in which I communicate pe with people myself. I'm not saying that I don't hope it sells in big numbers, but I don't anticipate that it will. So I'm gonna print up a couple of hundred of the physical copy and I'm hoping that I can uh, exchange some pleasantries with everybody who wants one, maybe write a bit of a personalized note in the front of the book and send it your merry way for a very reasonable cost. Again, my name's Andrew Mackay-Smith and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast series. Thank you so much for tuning in.